0: summer camp and separation anxiety after an atypical year of intense togetherness with our kids parents may be out of practice being apart from them today we talk about the separation anxiety parents feel around summer camp because it really is harder on us than it is on them how can we best prepare our own kids leaving home for somewhere new and how can we manage our worry when our kids are out of our sight Why is it so important for both parents and kids to learn these skills? Welcome to Flusterclucks with Lynn Lyons, where we talk about how to manage those tricky emotions that show up in all families. Serious stuff without being too serious. I'm your co-host, Robin, and I'm Lynn's sister-in-law, and I'm here
1: to ask your questions. And I'm Lynn Lyons. I'm an anxiety expert, speaker, mom, and author, and I've been a therapist for over 30 years. Parenting can be a Fluster clucks, and I'm here to help you find your way. And I'll even tell you what to do and what to say. Lynn, it's the beginning of summer
0: and all of the moms who are just like me, we have a lot of camp forms. We're still trying to get out the door because they're very late. But I love summer camp and I love this episode because summer camp is a great litmus test for us as parents to really understand how we are when our kids are undertaking something new and uncertain.
1: I think this is a great time. This episode that we are sharing with you is full of sort of tips and strategies for you to step back and really allow your kids to experience autonomy and independence and navigate things because camp is a wonderful place to do that.
0: You know what I love about this episode? I had a lot of friends who listened to it last summer, which is why we're repeating it, came up to me and said, I said exactly what Lynn told me to say and it worked. So thank you. (laughs) So you have a lot of great prompts of the language to use around homesickness, Mm -hmm. about how to drop kids off to a, a sleepover or a day camp when the kids are resistant. So this episode just has a lot of gems in it as we start our summer and we wish everyone a great one.
1: Yeah, I hope you have a great summer. I am helping my son move to his first apartment tomorrow. So I had to fill out a lease. I had to help him fill out a lease for an apartment in a city. So for you guys dropping your kids off at camp, I'm dropping him off at an apartment in the city. So wish me luck too. It's all exciting. Sleepaway yeah.
0: camp is just the build-up
1: to this, this That's great right. experience right. with his friends in the city. Right. This is the big, the big sleepaway camp.
0: One more announcement is that we have, August 1st is when our registration for our family retreat closes in Orlando. And if you have always wanted to work with Lynn as a family, this is one of your rare chances to do so. And there are three spots left to work with Lynn privately. But you can also come and just do this workshops and all of the other amazing Disney and resort experiences we have planned. So children get ready for summer plans. There are a lot of camps that typically happen, and we could have new campers, returning campers, sleepaway camps, etc. And after so many of us have been together for such a long amount of uninterrupted time, that whole separation anxiety, I feel like, might play out differently.
1: We're in a few different camps when it comes to camp, because we've got kids that went away to camp, and it was part of their normal routine and it got sidelined last summer of course and now they're going to go back to camp again and they can't wait so those aren't the kids we have to deal with because they're like yippee i can go back to camp but i think the kids that we have to talk about and the families that we have to talk about are more the new campers like this is the first time that they're going to camp or these are kids that You know, being away from your parents was kind of hard and so it feels a little more difficult this year. It's sort of like when we were talking about being socially rusty. And I think also we want to talk about the fact that parents are going to have more difficulty being away from their kids than probably kids being away from their parents. I would agree. I
0: feel like I, you know, before COVID, this was the case. And even after COVID, it'll be the case. I think that parents are going to have more issues about this transition if their kids go away to sleepaway camp or, you know, going away somewhere new. I think the parents need you kind of more than the kids about this.
1: I agree with you 100%. And the way it's showing up now is that a lot of schools are going back to school full time. And I'm hearing a lot of parents expressing their worry or hesitancy about sending their kids to school. And it's not really COVID related. And so I just think that parents are in this mindset of sort of like, is it okay to send our kids out into the world? as if they've forgotten how to do that. And maybe they have. So I think that we have to really pay attention, parents, to the messages we're giving to our kids about getting back out into the world. And maybe it's starting school again, but I think really as we think about sending them to camp. And it could be a day camp. So we know, of course, that worry has had... A field day during all of this time where we've been so close to our kids and we've seen everything that they're doing and we're monitoring them, not because they're on Life 60 on our cell phones, don't do that, parents, but just because we've been so close and so together. And that's felt really nice. But of course, worries desire for certainty and wanting to know exactly where your kids are and exactly what they're doing. I think it's going to be hard for parents, particularly parents who worry about these things to have this separation that we really haven't had for many, many, many months. And it's going to feel different and worry is going to show right up and say, you need to know exactly where they are. You need to know what they're doing. You need to monitor them. You need to make sure that they're safe. All of those worry messages, I think, are going to be really powerful after this year. I think we have to be honest that a lot of parents who... A lot of
0: friends, people I know have shared with me, like, cause we've, we've always tried to focus on the benefits and the silver linings of COVID.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I had one friend point blank say to me, I loved quarantine and lockdown because I always knew where my kids were. Yes. Yeah. So like, we have to admit that for some of us, some of those silver linings could have been feeding into the anxiety of control and certainty. And so as we let the kids go back out, It's going to feel weird or maybe it didn't feel weird before the pandemic, but now after what the pandemic has sort of done to us, it's just
1: one more Mm -hmm. thing that it's an uncertainty that's hard to manage. Well, and I think too that we should pay attention and parents should pay attention to all of the messaging that we're hearing about the pandemic and its impact on kids. I do think that it's sort of scared a lot of parents that now parents are getting ready to send their kids back out and we're hearing, oh my gosh, they're more anxious than ever. They're more depressed than ever. They're more incapable of ever, like this is such a struggle. I think there's a lot of suggestive language out there making parents think like, oh my gosh, should I should I let my kid go? It's sort of like Parents are saying to me, should I send my kid back to school now that school is open? That wasn't a decision that we contemplated in the past, but I think that there's a lot of worry going on. You know, it's funny you say the silver lining. I think we should turn to the worry part and say like, worry, what was your silver lining of the pandemic? And we'd be like, I had eyeballs on those kids 24-7. It was awesome. So I think you're exactly right. So parents need to take that step back and remember big picture That this is about continuing to allow our kids to develop autonomy, to be able to problem solve, to be able to do emotional management. We just haven't had the opportunity, not only have kids not had the opportunity to practice those skills, but parents haven't had the opportunity to practice letting their kids practice those skills. So we'll be right back after this short break. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. So when you're a parent, you're going to have your fair share of big talks with your kids, right? About all sorts of big topics. One of those big talks should involve money and Greenlight can help with that. Greenlight is a debit card and a money app that's made for families. It allows you to do instant money transfers. You can get real-time notifications of spending. You can manage chores. You can automate allowance. responsible financial choices. So stop putting off the money talk and start putting your kids on the right path. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash fluster. That's greenlight.com slash fluster to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash fluster. Do you think seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist would be helpful? but you don't have the
0: time to actually find one? And then like, when do you have time to meet with them? Try Talkspace. By doing everything online, Talkspace has made getting the help you want easy, accessible, and affordable. relationship issues, and much more. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $80 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash Fluster. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Fluster to get $80 off your first month. That's Talkspace.com slash Fluster. Okay, let's get back to this conversation. So let's say your kids are going off to camp. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how we talk about these summer transitions with our kids and what are the things that, especially if we're a parent who is having a hard time and we intellectually know our kids are supposed to do this and this, it's feeling a little tough. It's feeling tougher than you thought. My daughter goes to sleepaway camp. I went to the same sleepaway camp, and I love this camp, and my daughter loves this camp. So I don't approach it now from that perspective. Mm -hmm. But would I tell you if I had COVID hesitations at first? Absolutely, I did. Mm -hmm. I had to Mm -hmm. think them through. And so I think others might have thought them through and come to a different conclusion. But it's just everything is on the table this summer of feeling uncomfortable and addressing it and moving through it. And how do we make sure that we talk to ourselves about it and talk to our kids about it? Because we could inadvertently be setting them up for an additional amount of worry that they don't need when what they're so desperate for
1: Is just connection with kids their own age. Mm -hmm. And maybe actually some distance from the parents that they've just spent 15 months with. So remember that too, that they could be looking forward to being away from you. There's a few things and it depends on the camp, of course, but some of the things that kids go and do at camp or the way the camps are run, there's going to be probably some differences in the way things are done. And so one of the ways to talk to your kids about it is to say, this is unfortunately, or maybe you don't say unfortunately, but this is typically right now, another opportunity or another place where we're going to have to be adaptable and flexible and being able to say, I don't know. So you know how I always say, of course, right? Of course, you're going to, of course, it's going to be exciting and weird to go to camp after not having been there a year or not having been there forever. But you can also say, I don't know. So when kids start asking all these questions and saying, and saying you know, what's it going to be like? Are we going to have to wear masks? Is it going to be set up differently? Is it going to be like it was in the past? Are we going to have to do this? It's okay for you to say, I don't know exactly what they're going to do. Or maybe they've sent you some indication of that. You can say, well, we know this. This is what we don't know. We're not sure about this. But what I've discovered about you and what we've discovered about us during this time is that we are really capable of adapting. And so this may be a little different for you, but let's just know that we're going to have to adapt when you get to camp. It might be different. So don't feel like you have to let them know exactly what's going to happen. And if you're sending your child away to camp for the first time, one of the things that I have seen, and I think you've seen it too, Robin, is this make sure they know exactly what it's going to be like, go over the schedule, go over the activities, show them what the town looks like, where their camp is going to be. If you can go ahead of time, introduce them to all the counselors, that's doing the disorder. I'm going to stop you there because, of course, the
0: regular listeners know what that means. Doing the disorder is what you say because you're feeding... In a short term, it feels good and correct that you're giving anxiety exactly what it wants, which is control of the information and control of the certainty of everything. So a parent can quickly say, I'm going to give you all of that uncertainty and I'm going to give you that information so that there's nothing to worry about. Right. But
1: on a meta level, what we're trying to always do is teach our kids to adapt to the uncertain. Right. So when I say don't do the disorder, that's exactly right. I'm saying don't fall for anxiety's tricks by thinking that you can get ahead of this thing or you can solve this thing or get rid of this thing by giving your child or yourself, which we'll get to in a moment, as much information as possible. Because that doesn't work. The skill that we're teaching is the ability to tolerate not knowing everything. And camp is a wonderful opportunity for kids to step into that. If you, as a parent, say, okay, I have to make sure my kid knows everything about camp, or I have to make sure I know everything about my kid at camp, then the anxiety is like, woohoo, thanks for helping me out. <laughs> <Right. laughs> anxiety is giving you a thumbs up and a high five, and that is not what we want. Exactly. So when you're talking to kids about camp, th- here's a great time to say, well, here's what we know about camp. And here are all these things that we don't know yet. And there are so many things that you will discover along the way. Cause we always want to give the message to kids that you learn as you go and you learn through experience. And sometimes you learn what works. Sometimes you learn what doesn't work. But that's part of the whole camp experience is to step into this environment, which is usually different than your normal environment. Not many people, you know, live in a cabin by the lake and you step into this situation. And you learn new things and you experience new things and you have new adventures and you make new relationships. If your goal as a parent is to take away all of that discovery and all of that exploration and even some of that struggle, then you're removing what I think is a really important part of camp, a huge part of camp.
0: Yeah. As you're saying that, I could just hear a parent even saying you're asking a lot of great questions that you won't really know till you're there. And I I can't wait to read the letters you send me where you can tell me what you discover.
1: Mm -hmm. And one of the things you can do, so if you have a worried child going off to camp for the first time or is nervous about going, if you're worried, then one of the things you can do is you can make those kinds of questions a part of your communication with them. So when you write that first letter, you say, I can't wait for you to list three things that you've done that you've never done before. Or I can't wait to hear from you about something new that you've never, you know, something like that, so that you're prompting them. You're talking about it in a very positive way. You're talking about this discovery in a positive way, rather than setting it up in that negative way of like, oh, I hope you can figure everything out. Or, you know, let's make sure we know exactly what's going to happen before you go. So your language and your approach to this is one of openness and discovery and really rolling around. I always say rolling around in the mites and maybes of life. So you can even say, we're going to roll around in the mites and maybes of camp and really normalizing it and making it something interesting rather than something to be avoided and eliminated. What would you discourage
0: parents to say, particularly anxious parents who are having a rougher time with this
1: transition. So the first thing you want to stay away from is offering all of those reassurances of certainty. So saying, I'm sure everything will be fine. And of course, you're going to be totally comfortable. And I know that your counselors are going to right all that insurance. You can do a little bit of that. You can say, you know, and you, you should only say it maybe once, maybe twice. We did our investigation about this camp and we really think that it's going to be a wonderful experience for you. Maybe reach is a better word than investigation. Yeah. Yeah right. We investigated this camp. We've got. Uh, we sent out a private eye into the camp, and right. uh, yeah, yeah. We've got people. Don't worry, there are people there. Um, we yeah. have a credit report coming on your yeah. counselor. <laughs> yeah right. We've done. Uh, we've done some significant background checks on all of the people who are employed there, and uh, we'll, we'll be receiving those reports uh, soon. Yeah, you're right. That's that's too strong a word. But just say, hey, we checked it out. And remember, and, and maybe you decided together that you were going to go to this camp. Remember we checked this out and we decided this was going to be a really cool place for you to go. And here comes, and of course your worry is going to show up because remember, worry wants to know everything. So stay away from all that reassurance. Certainly stay away from trying to collect and gather as much information ahead of time and feeding it to your kids worry. Cause you're always trying to, you know, it's a bottomless pit. You're trying to, you're trying to feed the worry with more information. So minimize that. The other thing you don't want to do is to make a pickup plan. You don't want to say, if you don't like it after a few days, we will come get you. Or if if they're staying for two weeks, if you don't like it after a week, you don't have to stay for the second week. Because what happens with that is that kids then start to plan their escape. They're counting down the days. They're watching the clock for when they can get out of there, rather than stepping into the experience and letting themselves learn and get more and more acclimated to the camp. The same thing happens when kids are going back to school after a school avoidance. A lot of times uh, schools will put in place a pickup plan and they'll say, if you're still anxious by lunchtime, then your mom can come pick you up right? They will take the sure thing. They will take the escape hatch if you offer it. And it doesn't give the message to them that you're going to feel awkward and unsure at first. It's going to feel strange. It's going to feel, you know, you might have a little bit of homesickness, whatever. And this is how you acclimate and get used to it. Because you're saying to them, there's a time limit on whether or not you can handle this and we will cut it short if you can't figure it out not the message you want to give. My daughter said that this formula is what they always talk
0: about with first-time camp mm-hmm. for first sleepaway camp. Mm -hmm. is the first day you're in shock, the second day you're sad, the third day you're fine. Yeah. Right? Like that first day, there's a lot of adrenaline and all sorts of newness and excitement. That Mm -hmm. second day, you all of a sudden are without your familiar home and comforts. Mm -hmm. And then then the third day, you adapt and you Mm -hmm. start making connections and seeing the benefits
1: of being there and the fun that you're going to have. Do you think it's okay to just sort of share? When I do talk a lot to kids about starting middle school or starting high school, I say to them, yeah, the rule in our family is first day, totally confused about where to go. First week, you start feeling like, all right, maybe I can figure this out. First month, you feel like you've been there your whole life. And so that's the same thing, just a little shorter time zone. And there's that wonderfully suggestive language, right? So you're saying to kids, first day, exciting, second day, homesickness, third day, adaptability. Words have power, and when we say to kids, this is the way it goes, and this is what you should expect, it really does have an impact on them when people with some sort of knowledge or authority or trust or whatever lay it out that way in a very matter-of-fact way. The other thing, too, is that we want to normalize that it feels strange at first to be in a new place because that's going to be an experience that they're going to have over and over and over again. I remember moving into the the many new apartments or the new houses that I've moved into in my life. And it's the same thing. Like you move all your boxes in and you're like, woohoo, and then everybody leaves and your house is a mess and then you cry and then you get used to it. And it's figuring that out, I think is such a good thing to lay out to kids because it's really saying that going into a new situation and adapting to a new situation takes a little bit of time and it's not going to be perfect. And that it's okay if you have feelings about it. You're just normalizing all that stuff. I love that they say that to her. That's the kind of suggestive language that I love. So even though, for example, my daughter was going to a camp,
0: I knew what to expect because I had been a camper there. Mm -hmm. I was anxious. I mean, I got over it. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. but I was anxious about whether or not she would like it, whether or not it was a good fit for her. And I remember really trying to kind of keep that worry at bay. And, and I supplanted all of it. And I remember having kind of a, I kind of crashed after dropping her off at mm-hmm. camp. And I want to talk about that too, because you have that expression, the vanilla ice cream face. Like mm-hmm. there's a time when you, for your kid, are going to have to supplant your emotional reactions for their benefit. Mm-hmm. We had a plan to decide, is there one parent who's better at that than the other so that you can make the drop-off, especially of a first-time camper, kind of all about them as opposed to letting your own worry sort of dominate the conversation.
1: Yeah. And I know the experience was dropping my son off at camp. I always am appreciative of the fact that they've done this so many times before. They have plans in place. And so they don't let you linger as a parent. You know, you go in, you meet the, you meet the counselor, you help them put the bed together and then they're like, goodbye. Right. Because, right. because the camp knows this is not their first summer having all these kids come in. And you also have to recognize that the camp knows that new kids that are going to be dropped off feel uncomfortable. So you're really as a parent the vanilla ice cream face and also being able to recognize that the camp's procedures are there for a reason and you are not to be the exception to that rule. Can we just stop and underline that again? Because I think that that's
0: so key. When we feel like our own needs as parents are hitting the boundaries of what their process is, Mm -hmm. we are going down a bad path of like, (laughs) No, but my family's different. Yeah. And the camps have heard
1: it all before yeah. and and they know why they do what they do. Right, what the child picks up on is the parent saying, "Well, you don't understand how difficult this is for my child." So all these other kids may be able to be dropped off, but my child is, you know, fill in the blank, more emotional, more fragile, has more difficulty socially. So it starts off with you saying, "My child is different." And my child needs extra care. And my child needs to have an exception to the rules, not the way you want camp drop off to go. Interestingly,
0: a friend of mine is sending off a daughter to camp for the first time. Mm-hmm. Her daughter has a lot of sleep issues. Mm. I know about these sleep issues. And I said, How do you think these sleep issues are gonna go at sleepaway camp? And, you know, we laughed about it. (laughs) They were like, They might charge you twice (laughs) next (laughs) summer. (laughs) It might be a lot of work or it might not. And as I hear what you say, I said, Does the camp know that she may have a hard time falling asleep at night? And she's like, I sent them two pages, like, to give them this. But as you say this, I realize, You know, it's a fresh start where maybe the past and the history don't have to come to. I don't know. Like, what do you what do you say about that? Because you've definitely had clients who are anxious go off to sleepaway camp.
1: For kids that are anxious falling asleep, that's the reason they don't go to sleepaway camp. Because they're worried that they can't go to sleep. It's the word sleep. That really throws them. So one of the things, and I've had plenty of kids going off to sleepaway camp who have had this issue. So again, I use suggestive language and I say to them, it is really fine if you don't sleep very well for the first few nights. And the parents will go, oh, but then she'll be exhausted. And I know when she doesn't get enough sleep, then she's so cranky. And what if she's trying to make new friends and she hasn't gotten sleep? And I'm like, no, 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 no. look, here's what we're going to, and I sometimes talk to parents about this ahead of time, we're going to predict that she has trouble falling asleep. We're going to predict that for the first few days, you might not sleep very well. For the first few days, you might not be able to fall asleep when everybody else is asleep. And the counselors that are there, they've dealt with this issue a lot, so they know how to handle it. But here's what I do know what will happen, is that you're going to get more and more tired, Because you're going to be doing more and more exciting things during the day. And it might be really interesting to see how your sleep changes when you're at sleepaway camp. In this new environment, it might be really interesting to see what happens. So just kind of being uh, an observer of it. But oh my gosh, I think for the first few nights, you might you might expect that it'll be, you know, a little difficult to fall asleep and that's perfectly fine. I predict that. It's the same thing that I do when kids are having a hard time sleeping away from home, period. And they go to their first sleepover at a friend's house. I say, you're going to have a wakeover. So under no circumstances are you to fall asleep. I want you to stay up all night. Don't fall asleep no matter what. And then they laugh. They know what I'm doing. But we take away the pressure that they're supposed to fall asleep. One of the things that parents do if their child has sleep issues and they send them to sleepaway camp is they get really, really anxious that their child is not going to get enough sleep, which is one of the reasons why their child has sleep issues at home too. Sleep issues have a lot to do with being nervous and worried because you're not able to fall asleep.
0: Let's take a quick break and we'll talk more about that.
1: Hey, so the other day I had to change my car insurance and guess what? I bought new car insurance and they sent me a check, right? So that you could buy something and get money back at the same time doesn't happen very often, and it's pretty darn fun. That's why you got to check out Ibotta. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items, from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. You can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. So the average Ibotta user earns $256 a year. That's actually more than I got back on my car insurance, I'll tell you. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Other apps give you points that don't amount to too much. With Ibotta, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. So join the 50 million users, earn cash back, Every time you shop. Over 2,700 brands, everybody. Retailers, including Lowe's, Sephora, Best Buy. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code FLUSTER when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use the code FLUSTER. That's I B O. TTA, and use the code FLUSTER. How are those New Year's resolutions going?
0: The yeah Make laundry day easier for you, but it will also be easier on the planet. So help me make plastic jugs a thing of the past. And if Earth Breeze doesn't end up being the 2024 update of your dreams, you don't even have to return it. Just let them know it's not for you and you'll get a full refund, no questions asked. Get started with Earth Breeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash flusterclux. That's earthbreeze.com slash flusterclux for 40% off your subscription. Okay, so
1: now back to the show.
0: Lynn, you know, you sent me that article where you were interviewed for Outside Magazine that talks about the facial recognition software and the photo ops. And, I, you know, it's it's so funny. I, I want to talk about this because I absolutely know your perspective on this because you think that tracking software and other things are very counterproductive, mm-hmm. not helpful, and really kind of going in the wrong direction. Yeah. I just have to say that as a parent on the user end of these facial recognition software, the first summer, oh my God, I would see these photos of my daughter and I would, my anxiety would tell stories about what she was doing, who she was hanging out with, what she liked, what she enjoyed. And and I was just so sure I knew exactly what to make (laughs) of those pictures. And I had every single thing wrong. Yeah. So we didn't have those when I was a camper. But obviously, as a parent, I learned like, okay, it is so easy to tell stories. Therefore, I now take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, I have a great time with it. But Mm -hmm. it's just a game. Like it's a crazy game of anxiety where you'll get a text notification that
1: photos were uploaded and you pour through all of these photos. Again, like, we got to stop. It's like a parenting inkblot test, right? It's like a Rorschach test, which is where they show you a shape and then you have to tell your story about it. You're looking at this one second in time, this one nanosecond in time where they snap this photo of your child and then you're telling a story, you're projecting. The interesting thing about this with the facial recognition software too is the reason they came up with it is that they were trying to decrease parents' anxiety about having to look through all the photos and find their child. They felt like that was too much work or that was too anxiety producing. So we're gonna make it even easier for the parents because we'll only send them the photos of their child. So once again, doing the disorder, how can we give you as much information about your child in the simplest and most direct way possible so we will leave nothing up to chance? Well, the camps are in a terrible position
0: because the parents are demanding this access. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I see exactly how this happened. Yeah. It's a shame that parents are putting camps in this position, and it's really no different than how, over time, parents have been putting colleges in a similar position, Mm -hmm. too.
1: Right. Well, what happens is, is it becomes the parent as the consumer, Yes. And if the parent is the anxious consumer, this is what happens with colleges. It happens a lot with the schools that I work with. There's an increasing demand from the customer, which is the parent, to have more and more information about their child. So this is parent portals, all that kind of stuff that goes on. And so I think it's really an opportunity as a parent to step back and say, can I allow my child to be separate from me? You know, look, if you don't get pictures at camp and if you get letters, you're going to tell stories too. Without the pictures, you're going to tell stories. This is what we do as parents when our kids are away from us. We tell stories, right? So that's okay. Get used to that process. Let the stories be there and really notice what kind of stories you tell. That's a little interesting observation to make. So the
0: worst picture you can get is there's like a big group photo of that age group mm-hmm. and everyone's posing and smiling and your child is not smiling. Yeah. And of course you see that because this this is a true story. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, she hates this camp. <laughs> I loved it and I feel so bad. You know, like yeah. you'll, you'll do that, especially because they're not there. You miss them. You haven't seen yeah, them. Yeah, right. So you just totally play that story. And it was completely off. She loved camp.
1: It was maybe just like a bad just like, photo. She just had to take a poop or something. Who knows? Or maybe she was just like lost in her own thoughts. There was a, a family that, that I know and they have two boys and I have two boys and they were at the same camp as my younger son too. And the older son wrote a letter to the parents and the kids were separated by age. It was an all boys camp and he said, I'll make up names. I saw Sam. He looked sad. Please advise. That was the letter. That was the first letter they got for their older son at camp. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's such a challenge, isn't it? To not put those stories in there and to not project. You know, one of the things that I say is it really is interesting when you don't hear anything from your child. What's the story that you tell? Is the story that, oh my gosh, they can't even bear to write me a letter because they're so miserable and they don't want to let me know how miserable they are? Or is it, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I haven't gotten a letter yet. It means they're too busy to write. We create and we project all of these things. Let them have their experience Let them figure things out about themselves without you feeling as if you need to project all of your stuff onto them. That's sort of one of the hardest things about parenting anyway, right? One of the things that drives kids crazy, particularly as they become teenagers, is that whenever they come to us with a problem, we tell them about our experience with the problem. They don't want to hear about our story from 1982. They want to have their own experience So ask questions, but don't project and don't jump in so quickly and don't call the camp. Don't call the camp, right? They will call you. Camps will call you if there is a problem. You don't need to call and check in. So your advice to the parents who want to pick up the phone and call the camp is what? Is to take a breath, take a walk. Right. It may be helpful if you're a really anxious parent and you're sending your or even not a really anxious parent, but maybe this is just a new experience for you. And so it's going to be challenging. Maybe write yourself a little note before your child goes about maybe what are the do's and don'ts just so that you have it handy, because in the moment, it's going to be so tempting to pick up the phone or to call or to tell a story. Think about before you send your child away to camp, think about what you want that experience to be like for your child, and think about where you need to check your worry so that you don't impose your own worry on them, because that's the meta thing, is that worried kids pick up the worry of their parents. We absolutely know that. So maybe have a write yourself a little letter. I'm not going to do this. I know this is going to happen. Predict for yourself what your worry is going to say so that you feel better equipped to manage it while they're gone. They will call you. If your kid gets hurt, they call you. If your kid gets mono, they call you. My kid had both of those things happen. Sometimes, though,
0: things are bumpy. Mm-hmm. And maybe the camp is not the right fit for the child. yes. And so what is the way to approach that and how would you advise families to approach that without
1: being so reactive? If you know that you are not a super anxious parent or you know that, you know, maybe your other kids have gone to camp or you went to camp and you know that camp can be a really positive experience. So you're not starting this thing off with all of that trepidation and all of that anticipation and all of that what ifing. If your child goes to camp and it's really a bad fit, it really doesn't work, they don't have to go back. So I've had a lot of kids where parents would say, I really just want you to go and try it and see what you think. And I want you to go for the week, or I want you to go for the two weeks, and I want you to see what you think. And then we'll figure out whether or not this camp works for you or not. And then you can make some decisions about it. I think sometimes parents feel like every camp fits for every child, and that's just not the case. And so be a little flexible about it. Talk about it before you send your child off to camp. Talk about what kind of camp they'd like to go to, where it might be a good fit. Do you want them to go to this kind of camp or that kind of camp? But know that, that not every camp experience is going to work out fabulously. We want that to happen. And then you consider it an experiment that didn't work. And that's okay, too. Sometimes even at a camp that is a great fit in
0: many ways, sometimes you could just be placed with kids that aren't mm-hmm. a good fit. Yeah. And, and if you don't feel a sense of potential connection with the kids in your bunk, for example, mm-hmm. that's going to make the summer pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Ask the camp, what can you do? To help my child make deeper connections with people in the bunks or people at the camp, like, that's what we need to focus on. And if, if there are any modifications that are possible, mm-hmm. yeah, that can make a whole difference.
1: Yeah, you can say, I think we have a connection problem. And is there anything you can do to help out with that? Yeah. And that is something to pay attention to, right? If somebody is really feeling alone or feeling as if they're not making friends or feeling like they're not connecting or participating in things, then there's a connection problem and some adjustments certainly can be made for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. because who you're who you're sharing your space with matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think then, okay, so let's not take that too far though, right? Because some parents will say, well, there's a kid in the bunk that my child doesn't like, and I need them to be removed from that cabin, (laughs) you know, which and you laugh, but this is what happens in schools all the time. Wow. There's a child in class that is not treating my child well. And so I need to have that child removed from the class. I think the biggest advice, and I've had this in so many situations as a parent, and I've talked to so many families about this, is just slow down a little bit. Sometimes it's really helpful to just give yourself 24 hours. You know, I told you that funny story with where the, uh, the kid said, please advise, right? The <laughs> next letter they got was much, much, much better, much, much better. A lot of times the first letter that you get, you've got so much writing on that first letter that shows up and then it shows up and it's not so great. Just, Just slow down. Just wait a little bit. Just give your child some time to adapt before you jump in and try and fix the situation or change the situation. I think that's good advice just in general. If you're not getting along with a friend or you're not getting along with a coach on a team or there's a teacher that you don't like or give your child some time to work through it before you jump in immediately and try and resolve the problem.
0: I'm excited for camp. I don't get to go anymore, but I still vicariously feel the anticipation of packing up and, and all of those things. It's it's really mm-hmm. fun.
1: But Well, you could do what one of my clients did, is that while their child was at camp, they rented a house uh, about a half a mile away and then just sort of <laughs> spied on their kid. You could do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be uh, a funny movie, wouldn't it? I mean the kids out <laughs> the kids out on the lake in the canoe and the parents are hiding in the woods with binoculars. <laughs> I bet that's happened in yeah, the history I'm, of oh, my camp. I'm sure it has happened.
0: Um, what is that? Oh, that's just my dad's drone. <laughs>
1: That's true. Gosh, look at that. That's interesting. That drone seems to show up at swimming lessons every day at 11.15. That doesn't seem random, does it? Why don't you give parents a pep talk of
0: why these camps have such incredibly positive benefits? What's the goal here?
1: The goal is to let your child do all of the things that they will need to do later in life in this very encouraging, quite protected environment. So think of what we want for our kids as they're moving forward. We want them to be able to step into new situations. We want them to be able to handle uncertainty. We want them to be able to make new friends. We want them to be able to get along with people that maybe it's not a great fit, but you know we have to tolerate them. All of these skills, if I list those skills, and if you rewind this a few seconds and listen to those skills, those are the things you do to get through your adult life. You step into situations, you handle difficult people, you make new connections, you adapt when you need to, and you let yourself have fun. You let yourself be in an environment that is different right now too in the world. Gosh, letting these kids be away from technology, letting them be in the water, letting them get mosquito bites, letting them stay up and make s'mores and you know all the other things that we that we think about with camp, and there's a gazillion things that happen in camp. These are all the skills that we use every day to be functional adults. And it's an opportunity for them to learn them without your constant commentary. They discover things about themselves. They have a little secret part of their lives that they don't share with you. And that's a good thing.
0: So if you find that you're having a hard time or while your kids are at camp this summer, join the Facebook group, share a little post. I'm sure there are going to be other parents feeling the same way. And you can commiserate with each other and Len in and me instead of calling the camp. Yeah, don't call the camp. And if you're jealous you never got to go to camp, you can always join us at our parenting retreat this fall. Oh, which yeah. It's kind of like summer camp. It's just unfortunately just for a weekend. I know, but it's really fun. So join our Facebook community so you can ask Lynn a question and
1: connect with our listeners. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Fluster Clucks. Bye, Robin. Bye, Lynn. Hey there, I'm
2: Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above,